0: Welcome to a special episode of the Highland Gospel Mission. This week, Pastor Keith will give a special report on the recent mission trip to Bozeman, Montana. A portion of this includes pictures, so we've linked the full video in the show notes. Now, here's Pastor Keith's presentation of the Church at Four Corners. Um, first of all, yes, it really is that pretty. That is, that is exactly what it looks like. That is not a brushed photo. That is really what this place looks like. Uh, Bozeman, Montana, the church at Four Corners. I'm going to give you a little bit of history here, and then uh, we'll go through what, what uh, me and Alan went out there and did and the kind of things that we learned. We'll talk about it a little bit about the people in the community. Ultimately, this is going to lead up to us as a church deciding whether we're going to make a five-year commitment to them or not. And I'll, I'll talk to you about what a five-year commitment looks like, what that looks like to us as a church, too. Um, what those responsibilities would be if we do make that commitment. Um, Church at Four Corners is an area that's actually called Four Corners. Before we do that, go ahead and give me the next slide, Zach. Let's get into this particular passage of Scripture. A lot of people say, why in the world would we go to Montana? Why would we go to Mexico? Why would we go? There are lost people right here in our community. Um, That's true. And we should be people who are on mission locally. We should also be people who are on mission exactly the way that Jesus told us to be on mission. Um, That means this. This is Acts chapter 1, verse 7. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest places. Parts of the earth now I want you to do me a favor I want you to tell me where in that verse the word or is at where in that word where in that verse is the word or or epics is the only place that you see it and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, or, and, all Judea, or, and, Samaria, or, and even the uttermost or remotest parts of the earth. Us being his witnesses means that we go where God tells us to go, and he gives us, he gives us passions for this as individuals, he gives us passions for it, he gives... most of you know, how many of you guys have ever sought the Lord about something and he answered you? You knew it was him. He answered you. This is no different. It's no different. It's the same as Caitlin having a small world connection with somebody who was related to a guy that I love to death because the guy's just an awesome dude that loves youth ministry and missions and Coincidence? I've been praying, asking you guys to be praying about a church that we could help here in Jefferson County. You think it's a coincidence that Parkview came up four times in one week? Without me bringing it up, that it came up four times in one week? Is that a coincidence? Mm -mm. I told you all Sunday, I didn't even want to go. I didn't. That's a straight up fact. I was going to be forced to confront a person that I had not confronted in many, many, many months, somebody that the Lord gave me permission to separate myself from for a while because it was not good for me, was not good for them, it was not good for anyone. Some hurt feelings that cut deep that have been really been festering for about seven or eight years. Yep, that long. And I was about to go spend a cotton-picking week in the same house with this dude. I did not want to go. In fact is, God did want me to go. And I knew he wanted me to go. I could have stood and stomped and lied and but I knew he wanted me to go. The only reason I would have went because I certainly wasn't going for the company. Alan was okay. (laughs) One of the other pastors was okay. But I've had issues with the other two people. When I become focused on me, it's no different than it is you. When I become focused on me, then my opinions tend to motivate my passions. And honestly, if, if I'd been in a different place, I could have very easily talked myself out of going to Bozeman. We show up at Bozeman, though, and I experience the first. Now, I haven't been on a lot of flights. I've been on quite a few flights now, but I've not been on a lot. This is the first time that when they were coming in for a landing, the plane came in where the nose was lower than the tail. Because this city literally sits in a giant bowl. If you could imagine this, it's 4,700 foot elevation, so it's up in the mountains, okay? But it's a plane. For like six miles wide, 10 miles long, it's a plane, just flat as can be. But the whole thing is surrounded by those mountains you see there. Three hundred and sixty-three degrees three hundred and sixty-five degrees around this town is surrounded by those mountains. Gorgeous. But when the plane came in, I'm used to him coming in like this. It's kind of important that the back wheels go down first. At least in my opinion, I thought that, that was the way it was supposed to work. <laughs> and this guy still did it this way. But the airport is in this bowl too. So these guys are going from like 9,000 feet to 4,700 feet in less than two miles. So they come over the top of this mountain and just go right down the side of that mountain range. And it was, it, it got me first time ever, first time ever I've been in an airplane where the nose was down. But anyway, God's call to us as individuals is to be mission-minded. Highland Baptist Church has always been mission-minded, but hasn't been real active when it comes to, uh, to people actually going into the mission field. Uh, this is important, and I say this is important for us for for a couple of different reasons. One, we need to be active in what it is that God is what what God has what He has planned out there. When there are, I kid you not, when when we went into this city, and and Alan can Alan can uh, can reassure you of this, we walked into this church on Sunday Sunday morning. I I had the middle notebook. How many people are here? What the, what's the age groups? Uh, what kind of a mix do they have as far as gender and mix do they have as far as even ethnicity? And this church pretty much had everything. And we were honestly like, I don't know how I don't know how Highland could help this church because it's not a church that is by any means healthy. But it is a new church plant that was made out of two churches, which there was three. There was three churches. Two churches merged. and Now that church and this church merged. So there were basically three Baptist churches in this town. Now there's one. One main one in that part of the town. So I'll talk about that a little bit when we get to that location. The people in this town are just like individuals were in Mexico. They don't trust you. This is why we make long commitments. One and done uh, mission trips are, are a thing of the past. People have become so untrustworthy of other individuals that it takes you at least the third trip to get there before people will begin to trust you. Once you take that third trip, and you've been there that third time, they will not only trust you, but they'll also trust the people that you bring with you. Um. That being said, let's talk about our trip a little bit before uh, we get too far into this. This church is actually called the Church of the Four Corners. Now, you should be able to see my little red mark right here. This is the uh, this is uh, Four Corners or the Church at Four Corners. This red here—that's a highway. It splits this entire area. So it being a highway splitting this entire area, um, that's how they called it the Four Corners. Well, me and Alan, when we had figured out, because I'd I'd sat down after, after after church, I sat down in the van with Chad, and I was like, Chad, I just don't know what Highland could offer this church. It's on its feet. It basically just needs a sister church or the North American Mission Board just to, and he goes, oh, no, wait. And I'm like, well, wait, what? He said, apparently you haven't heard the whole vision. And I'm like, no. I mean, all I heard was Four Corners of Baptist Church. We're taking a mission trip. So he introduces me to the guy from the North American Mission Board, whose name, whose name is Lee. Lee begins to tell me the number of people that are in this area that are lost. And I probably look like a Venus flytrap. Because I could not believe what I was hearing this man tell me could not believe it. The number of lost people in this town, which I'll give you the exact numbers in a little bit, we're going to kind of break them down a little bit through some of the statistics that I have to show when we get there. If you took a four, if you took a 10-mile radius from from the church at Four Corners being at its center, and you shot 10 miles out, and drew a circle 10 miles around Bozeman, you would trap 100,000 people. In a 20-mile circle with that church being the 10-mile center, you would trap 100,000 people. The 2020 census revealed this. Out of that 100,000 people, 89% of them had no church affiliation at all. Their parents had no affiliation. They had no... I want you to catch this, folks. That means that there are people in Montana whose families are seeing first-generation Christians in their families. How many people can you honestly say you know that that, that don't have one family member that has some kind of a religious or Christian background? 89%. 89%. I want you to let this absorb, I want you to let this absorb. 100,000 people, 89,000 of them have no church affiliation at all. Out of 100,000, 89,000 people have no church affiliation at all. Okay, so the deal was this year they have like 28, something like that, 28 groups that are coming out there to work this year. And you say, wow, 28 groups, what in the world are they doing? Well, that map that I just showed just a second ago, the idea is that the Church of Four Corners will actually act as a hub. This place is so lost as far as its people go that the North American Mission Board is willing to invest and have already heavily invested in the Church of Four Corners uh, so like the money we gather for the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, that money, very well, part of that was used uh, to help this mission in in Bozeman. Um, these 28 groups coming, They're trying to figure out ways to keep costs down for some of the groups, so they were hoping to be able to house some of them. Missouri Baptist Convention Disaster Relief is sending the shower unit out there for the summer, our shower unit for the summer, so that they can house... Uh, one or two churches inside the church itself to, to kind of help keep the cost down. Cost is... It's not a cheap place. And the, and, and there were several reasons for that. Um, it, it's almost impossible to find a house or a building in this area now that's less than a million dollars. They controlled the house. They controlled the the market. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody in the area is rich, Okay. There is a large poverty-stricken uh, percentage of the population. Uh, plus, they have the low income of the uh, the native tribes that are in the area. The native tribes are all um, the typical domesticated tribes. Drugs, alcohol, suicide, pregnancy—they're just out of control on those uh, on those reservations. So this was a room they wanted to clean out and to actually build a little utility room on the end of. Um, and then the rest of that room was actually going to be used to be able to house about 20 people for people to be able to sleep, about 20 people to be able to sleep inside that room. So, so uh, if you can imagine, we had one young dude with us, I'm 50, and then everybody else was older than me, except for Chad. He, I think he's a year younger than me, but we had to carry that stuff out of a basement and put it in a trailer. And I do wish that, I do wish that Highland owned that trailer. That trailer was a nice, nice, like a 24-foot uh, box in trailer, I think it was nice. So there's Alan in the back. Caught him working. <laughs> Don't tell nobody. After the the whole thing was cleaned out, that room I told you on the end down there, they wanted uh, they wanted a utility room, some place that they could store their tools and the things that that keep them all. Because they, they basically this the, working so much on this church, there was tools everywhere. I mean, just everywhere when you walk through this building. So they just needed a place to be able to consolidate them and keep them where they could organize them. Pretty much speaks to itself. Frame the wall up, put drywall up like a bunch of, like a bunch of preachers do. I know they didn't put the drywall up right, but I wasn't babysitting and neither was Alan. So the mutter's going to be mad at somebody else and not us. <laughs> finished, uh, finished. the wall. The uh, that's the trailer a uh, bunch of junk was in that trailer took a lot of uh, a lot of sit rests for that first day to actually get that empty this was my job i got a phone call the day before we went out there and and uh, and Chad said hey you know how to do electricity yes i don't mind doing electricity i don't even mind if i have to get on a ladder this wasn't too bad uh, they actually had a company that, that donated a lift for like two days to be able to use the, these light poles had no lights on them at all. They were just poles sticking up in the air and it was really dark on the back side of the of the property. There's a playground back there on one of the spots uh, that was always too dark. So he, wa- he wanted me to fabric- fabricate something uh, on the top of those light poles that would actually make the lights that they bought fit and actually function. Uh, so I spent the first day fabricating two different light poles and pulling wire and wiring and weather proofing and it's always nice when they work. We had to drive back out there because we, we usually stay, we stayed till about six o'clock in the evening usually. And it did, it wasn't getting dark out there until about, about here. I mean, about eight 30 or nine o'clock it started getting pretty dark. So we had to wait to drive back out uh, to see if the, the lights actually came on and Lance, the pastor out there, he's kind of a young guy. It's kind of a kind of a strange which it's north american mission board so just it's strange okay so lance basically is the pastor of the church he was appointed as the pastor of the church which is the way that nam does things when they first start a church especially when they're merging them because when churches merge you always have one side of the one side or the other side or both sides who are trying to drag their church into that church basically you know i like the way we do things here so we want to be able to do that here where so the North American Mission Board basically shoves cotton balls in their ears and just goes in and says uh, they they'll they'll introduce themselves to the people in the community. They find someone who's a pastor who'll fit well, and they say, "Okay, you're going to be the pastor by proxy, and I'm going to be your I'm going to be a pastor too." So the guy from NAM's considered their pastor also. So Lance calls and he's like, he's like, "Hey, did you turn that breaker back on?" I was like, "Are they not on?" He's like, "I'm not there. I was just wondering if you turned the breaker back on." I was like, "We're going to go check it." I said, I've seen a timer in there. I don't know if that timer has a neutral or not. I said, I'd go and check it. We pulled up, and they were on. So that worked out well, and he was tickled to death with that. It really lit that backside of that, uh, of that parking lot up. Another one of the jobs, which this one turned out to be a little easier than I thought it was going to be, too, just because I was afraid we were going to have to pull wire from the building all the way through that overhang uh, to get it out to the front of the building. I don't know if you noticed this. I, I looked at this sign for two solid days. And didn't notice it. Do you see the number four? It's on the top. You see it? It goes this way and then there's a line down the center. The line down the center is the center of the four. I just thought that was the most ingenious sign I've ever seen in my life. Four corners. And I told him how tickled I was that they came up with that. I was impressed, and then he told me they stole it from a church in Arkansas. <laughs> we basically had to take, all, take these panels off all the way over to about here. And when we was taking those panels off, there was an outlet that was inside the face of that. And that tickled me to death. But then I had to talk the pastor into it being okay that his sign on the front of the building was wired to a light switch. Which he ended up being fine with because i honestly i said this the other night i need to say it again anytime we go on a mission trip know your limitations just because you're doing something good don't mean we want to go in and do something uh do something that we don't know how to do because one we could do it incorrectly or two we could end up really messing something up uh so know your limitations is it comfortable to walk up to the duties of the pastor of the church and say, look, if you want to do it this way, we can do it. If you want to do it this way, you need to call an electrician. Give him the choice. If you want me to pull wire through that building after the research that I did on it, that's not happening. <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs> so if I can wire it out of that box, I'll wire it out of the box. But if you don't want to wire it out of the box where it's operated by the switch, at least for the time being, because they're getting ready to do construction on this church, complete reconstruction, basically, on this church. So anything that we did, they're going to have to redo. This is a temporary thing that just kind of helps the church look more functional. It makes it look more usable or used, I should say, active, if this stuff was on it. So we put that stuff uh, up there for that. And it worked, too. So that that was a good deal. Basically, when you walk inside these front doors, there's two steps. Weirdest thing I've ever seen. I almost feel like i got to duck when I walk up the steps because the ceiling in it slants. It's like, like vaults towards the door. So when you're standing on this, we walk up on these steps, you're, my head's like really close to the ceiling. So their idea is they're going to push this, this part of the building in. So that those steps will be outside. And when people walk in, they'll walk into an open foyer. That's going to require that whole thing to be taken off and probably raised up about eight inches. Because when they, ta- when they push that in, they're taking the, wa- the ceiling that's low and they're lifting it. So they're in for a mess. They're in for a mess in order for him to get this thing completely functional. This place has got a gorgeous property. Ground is absolutely level. It's probably, if I was to guess, maybe three acres, two and a half, three acres. Big, big piece of property. Huge yard. You walk out the the two back sanctuary doors, which is really on the side, but you walk out the side sanctuary doors, and they had built two pretty good-sized patios off of the back and i'm sitting there thinking man the amount of things you could do at this church just from the the wide open space flat ground uh it's crazy the potential for that uh for that church here we go geographically montana is the fourth largest state in the u.s with a population of approximately 1.1 million people and growing in baptist work It's approximately one church for every 8,500 people. If you add other conservative evangelical Bible-believing groups to that number, it remains a staggering statistic. In the spiritual sense, Montana is still a pioneer territory. There has never been a Great Awakening or a spiritual movement in the West. We're still reaching first-generation Christians in the state. There's more stuff to floor you. Ready? Keep going. Southern Baptist work in Montana is young. It began in 1952. This means our oldest church in the Montana Southern Baptist Convention is 69 years old. And after 69 years, we have only 130 churches in the state. You remember, guess how many churches we have in Missouri? Last number I checked. Do you, know, you know how many we have in Missouri? 1,987. Do you know how many churches are in Metro Baptist's? Uh, Metro Baptist Association, which is St. Louis metropolitan area. You know how many churches are just in the St. Louis metro area? 156. How many churches are in the entire state of Montana? 130. 130 churches in the entire state. Montana consistently leads the nation in per capita suicide, DUI, and foster children. Why do I say this? Because it's absolute affirmation that the statistics are true. I'm not saying that there is no such thing as a Christian who gets a DUI, but I am saying that Christians are a whole, less, a whole lot less likely to get a DUI than someone who's not. Right? Non-Christians more likely to commit suicide? non-Christians are more likely to commit suicide. Foster kids? How good are lost parents at parenting? And I mean that by, I know, I know every saved parent's not perfect. But I know some lost parents who walked away from their kids and just gave them to the system. When we read Montana consistently needs a nation in per capita suicide, DUI, and foster children, it almost makes it look like a statistic, but what is it really? This place needs Jesus. This state needs Jesus. One in every 8,500. One church for 8,500 people. Let's say that we just reached 10% which is not an unrealistic number, amen? Now we have one person, or one one church for every 850 people. Still doable? You still can't put, you can't build every church in that state to hold 850 people? How many churches is it going to take how I many flavors? You don't have flavors, right? Southern Baptist Convention is the Baskin-Robbins of church denominations. We got cowboy church. We got traditional churches. We got modern churches. We got rock and roll churches. We got all kinds of churches. If you pretty much, in Missouri, you want to go to a particular church, there's pretty much one out there. What if you only had one with a 200-mile radiation to your house? which is not out of the ordinary there. Look it up on a map sometimes. Southern Baptist has a picture. I'll let you do a little bit of work on it, though. Just Google Southern Baptist Convention Churches in the U.S. It'll pop you up in SBC maps. It's got a whole bunch of little bitty red dots in it, and it will floor you how solid red that map is from the, from the southeast coming across the country. And as soon as it gets past Missouri, it's next to nothing next to nothing 85,000 veterans call Montana home why do you think that's significant you think we serve our military to the best of our abilities I mean they serve us to what extent with their life, to give it all. Most military people, most people who go into military, especially people in the the last 15, 20 years, do they get to get out and just be fine? Or do they have complications that result from their service as well? There's only 130 churches, there's only 130 Southern Baptist churches in that, in that state. Now I'm not saying that, that all the other ones are wrong, but I am saying this. If 85,000 of our military men and women are retiring and moving into Montana, what's the chances all of them are at least being given the opportunity to be served by a church? To none. Slim to none. There are hundreds of thousands of people living in Montana. The greater number of them are lost and without hope. This number continues to grow every year. Why Bozeman? That's my statement there. A strong a strong sense of calling from the Lord to Bozeman. Not calling as a pastor. Not moving me out there. I've, I've already told the Lord it wouldn't be that hard to do. You just got to call my whole family with you. It would be nice if you called my whole church too. We'd all just go to Montana and... Plant us a church. <laughs> um, but I can tell you the calling is clear. And uh, Alan, I think, was kind of the same way that I was when we got out there. We was kind of like, what in the world? This the nice? They have a nicer church building than we do. And they had uh, as every bit as many people in their church service as we, had, as we have here. So you kind of introduce, but the more you walk through it, you get to know what they're wanting to do. With the church at Four Corners as a hub, they want to spin churches off of that hub. So basically, this hub is going to get the is going to get all of the attention that it needs to be healthy a healthy hub, so that that hub has the ability to spin off churches throughout the entire Bozeman area. Because for me it was five-year commitment. We need to be able to be sure that we could even do five years. I mean that the place is available for a five-year work. I can almost guarantee you that we could do five if we decided to do five more and probably if we decided to do five more. At which point I'll be 65 years old and somebody will be carrying the ball by then. This is, there's a lot of opportunity there it is it's a strategic location for church planting movement in Montana. Now the idea is this. They don't want to they don't want to just infect Bozeman. They're looking for this to spider web across the entire state of Montana. So as as these churches go out and they grow, NAM says those churches are going to be hubs too. And they're going to go out further. And they're going to be hubs, too, and they're going to go out further. And when you get outside of Bozeman, you get into places like Big Sky. Oh, my goodness, this place is gorgeous. Oh, my goodness, this place is gorgeous. (laughs) You're driving through a town, but it is just, I mean, gorgeous. But there's a whole bunch of those little towns that are only, you know, 15 miles or so, 10, 15 miles away from Bozeman. They're planning on infecting every one of these cities and trying trying to push this all the way across the country. Uh, there are currently no strong, healthy evangelical Baptist works in Bozeman. There is uh, there is a Baptist church. that's a sister church. It is not in Bozeman. Okay, um, it's it financially supports the church at this point. It's helping. It's paying the pastor's salary. North American Mission Board is paying some of the is paying most of the construction costs. Um, the reason they're dumping so much into this is because of the location and because of the potential. If they're able to get this to spin off and they can keep churches engaged with this, I think, I think God's going to do huge, huge things in Montana. Huge things in Montana. Bozeman is the fourth largest city in Montana with approximately 47,908 residents, the fastest growing city in Montana. They said by the time... Um, January rolls around, it will absolutely be the third largest in Montana. Bozeman is the fastest growing microtropolis small city in the United States for the last three years. I I want you to catch how huge that is, though. It It is the fastest growing small city and has been for the last three years in the entire country. What's there? Copper mines. Guess what copper, a lot of copper goes into? Electronics. So guess what Bozeman has become largely and why their houses are a million dollars apiece? It's becoming a tech city. It's becoming very quickly becoming a tech city. 33% of the people living in Bozeman consider themselves to be religious, not Christian. This means that 67% of the population are not religious. Only 1% of those claiming to be religious are Baptists. And the Christian population has decreased by 3% over the last eight years. Now, some of the numbers I gave you a while ago aren't matching exactly because of boundary lines. When it gives you there the, uh, the number of people that lived in, in Bozeman, that's inside the city limits. Okay, so it's not counting the people who actually still live in that bowl but are outside of the city limits. Uh, So there's twice as many people that live within 10 miles outside of the city limits uh, as there is, or just as many people living outside the city limits as there is living in the city limits. Um, Bozeman, on the whole, is pre Christian with no Christian heritage. What does it mean by pre Christian? Yeah, the dude who founded it wasn't a Christian. The dude who owned all the property, built all the businesses, wasn't a Christian. So this wasn't a town that was built on, like, like in Missouri. In Missouri, there are people who have some pre preconceived ideas about who Jesus is. When you when you come into a town around here, at least there's nobody that's just completely ignorant on it, on the matter. There are literally people out there that when you, when you tell them that you go, you're going to a church... Or that you're there for a church and, and I did it a dozen times, maybe two dozen times. And I got maybe out of two dozen times two responses that were positive. And by positive I mean, oh, that's nice. That was a positive reaction. The other one was, was a woman that, well, the house we was lit we was that we was staying in, she was in her front yard playing with a kid with her son. I go out the front door and start to walk down the street. And I'm walking down the sidewalk just to see what I can see in this little subdivision. And this lady says, uh, nice weather, ain't it? And I was like, oh, it's better back home. And she was like, oh, where are you from? it Missouri. Oh, what are you guys doing here? We came to do a mission trip for uh, the church at the Four Corners. Oh, my dad went to Four Corners Baptist Church, which was one of the churches that merged to become the church at Four Corners. So the pastor has that lady's location and knows, (laughs) knows that she's somebody that he could possibly go talk to, but... That was the only one I would consider a prospect out of two dozen of them. Most of them would turn their head away from you. Sometimes they would snicker. What are you guys doing in North Carolina? Or what are you guys doing in Montana? Well, uh, we came out here for a mission trip. Oh. I had two of them that asked me why. Seriously. To them, it makes no sense. Why why would you get on an airplane, absorb the cost to fly 1,500 miles to come out here and help a church? Why would you do that? But you can't say that to them. I mean, when you're talking about a a town that's completely lost, we can't talk like we do around here, even to the lost people. Because they literally, I mean, these people are literally like, it goes beyond them not trusting you. Not only do they not trust you, they don't know you, they don't care about you, they don't believe you care about them, which is why it takes that third trip. I I told you in Mexico it happened to me, a lady that I had met, and she was like, oh, you won't be back. I was like, I'm coming back. Came back the second time. She looked at me kind of funny. She said, you're back. I said, I told you I was coming back. So after about a week or so, I was like, I'll come back next year. And next year, I'm going to come back. I'm going to speak to you in Spanish. And she reciprocated with, and I'll throw a little English at you. Showed up the next year, and that lady started crying. She could not believe that I came back three years in a row and could not believe that I introduced my wife to her in Spanish. And she started crying because she didn't keep her into the bargain, and it's important to them. I guarantee you, this lady was giving me her own personal stash of uh, of chili peppers. As much as I wish that I could have snuck them through, it took three times to get to that woman's heart. And this place is exactly the same. I'm telling you, they don't trust you, and if they don't trust you, they don't give you the time of day. I mean, honestly, how many lost people have you known who want to give somebody who's going to tell them about Jesus the time of day? Now imagine out here where where uh, you, were, you were, you know, grown up in your history was that uh, either Indians were going to come rob you blind or your neighbors were going to come rob you blind. I mean, just how much did people in the West trust? People who were just riding through. They didn't. That mentality hasn't changed. It's still very much a frontier. Look at this next one. Bozeman is a college town, home of Montana State University with an average age of 27. Not 27 in the college. I want you to read that again. Bozeman is a college town, the home of Montana State University. The town has an average age of 27 years old. That low. Yes. What does that also mean? Means, the indoctrination that all of us have to agree has happened on some level or another. <coughs> this town. And I don't want to be offensive with this, so so please don't take this offensively. The standard is the millennial. The millennials was where they started turning snowflake, but hadn't been full snowflake. Now, you can't throw every millennial under the bus because, in fact, there's not every millennial is like that. But there is enough to categorize a millennial a particular social way. Again, you can't assume everybody's like that, but then the generations that came along after that, are they getting better or worse? Worse. These are the kids... Here, these are the ones that are pushing the gender multiplication. This age group, they're the ones that are saying that abortion rights is a woman's right for her body, that it's health care. This age group, they're the ones that are saying love is love, it doesn't matter who it's to. To be very honest with you, over the last week, as I thought about and prayed about this, do you know what I feel like God revealed to me that that place was? Corinth. It's Corinth. Which is, to some of them are just, the similarities are weird. Two guesses. What city in the Bible did most of the Roman military retire to? Corinth <coughs> new age that was Corinth take bits and pieces of every religion this town is lost thousands of lost people live in Bozeman and throughout the Gallatin Valley we've got about 5 minutes if anybody has any questions please ask the questions I'm sorry if I wasn't real thorough on this we didn't have a ton of pictures but we, we really only did about 3 solid days of work uh, I didn't put any of our trips to or any of our pictures up from Yellowstone. Uh, we did see a few animals in Yellowstone and just pretty much enjoyed the day of have, uh, being able to get out. I mean, anybody who doesn't like Yellowstone. Um, so, does anybody have any questions? If we were to go out there, depending on how many people would want to, um, I would not want to take any larger than a, than a, a group size of 12. So uh, if we have more than 12, we'd split it and take two groups, okay? Um, We would all fly together unless somebody wanted to drive, which in the case that they need some construction stuff and things out there, it could be helpful if somebody wanted to drive. And I know Dylan Bingman does not get on airplanes. So even he was Wednesday night was kind of nodding when I was like, if somebody wanted to drive, (laughs) because if you can get the unlimited mileage on it. But the reason we limit that to 12 Is because if you buy a 15, if you rent a 15-passenger van, 12 people are fairly comfortable in it. Uh, So you can even use it on your day-out trip. So the day that we would go to Yellowstone while we were out there, after we were done serving, usually take one day, go to Yellowstone, spend the entire day, and then you get on a plane the next day to come home. Uh, So uh, groups no larger than 12. We did not have enough money this time. He he did not charge us enough money. I mean, I don't know if he didn't. Let me rephrase. He charged us probably enough money, but then when we got out there, we ended up spending a whole bunch of the money that we were living on to buy material to be able to do some of the, some of the jobs that we were doing. Uh, so with it being a year out, uh, if this is something the church commits to, it will be July of 2023 before we would take our first trip. Uh, my guess would be it's going to be closer to $1,000 a person I'm trying to figure out some ways to get that supplemented. Um, so that it, it maybe wouldn't be that much. Uh, but that $1,000 basically covers everything in your trip. The only thing it don't cover is food in the airport on the way out, food in the airport on the way in. It covers all the meals while you're on site for seven days, covers uh, the sleeping arrangements. Um, hotels are $150 a night per person. So I will start probably in June if it's something we commit to. I'll start in June trying to uh, hold... One of the uh, VRBO houses, um, that place is just chocked full of VRBO houses. Uh, and the VRBO houses are, are expensive, but they are considerably cheaper than a, than a hotel. Those typically sleep six. They do have them in condo form so that you could actually rent one whole building and sleep 12 people. It's basically two buildings, but they're connected like a condo. Um, I call them a duplex probably. They're not nice enough to be called a condo. Um Typically, you go out there, depending on their planning, they were not very good at it this, th- this trip, it just seemed like everything that they had us do, they didn't, have, they didn't plan for, uh, which is always a drawback, but at the same time, it's a very early work, so I don't want to be critical about it with it being something that they just started Um, and I, I know the Missouri Baptist Convention, we've had an agreement with Montana for several years, but JBA just jumped into it. We just now got into it with them. Um, so a mission trip looks like typically seven days, um, four to five days in, on, on mission, um, one of those days being a day that we would take to go through Yellowstone. You basically go out and do, if, if I get my way, you'd get five days of work in, one day off, and then a fly day. If, uh, let's say, uh, you make a mission trip, and three of us decide to go out, uh, would, would you make it available to the association Absolutely. to bring others along? I've already made that agreement with Chad. That any time that we plan a trip out there, that we will make it public knowledge to anybody in the association with the understanding that Highland is spearheading that trip. Highland is spearheading that trip. I've already had the the conversation with Chad as well, that our agreement is with Montana and not with Jefferson Baptist Association. And he laid it out clearly to me that that wasn't his expectation. His expectation was that that if we had the, the capabilities of doing it, uh He brought us out there, introduced us to the people, seeing if it was something we get to get involved with uh, he doesn't it doesn't bug him one bit if he never gets a phone call from highland uh needing anything for one of these mission trips so this is be clear we are not taking on a mission that is Jefferson Baptist Association. We are taking on a mission of ours. this will be our mission this will be one of our missions if it's something we decide to do. that is also an option um i mean i'm looking at right now the possibility because carrie is uh carrie's my mission guy and as soon as i get this all sorted out i'm going to hand it off to him and but basically if we take two groups out there if we take two groups out there i would lead one and he would lead one that means sometime this year i'm probably gonna have to take Kerry out to montana because me going out and spending two nights Two nights and three days um, is a lot easier than me spending two solid weeks out of town. Uh, So it's not something we would do this year, probably. It's probably something we wait to do a pre-trip next year, probably around the same time we went this year. So I could set it up. It was something we'd be sure we were doing at that point and something worth us investing, actually throwing some money behind. Now, I say that this this is a five-year commitment for this reason, and I'll close with this. A lot of people look at mission trips as um, an opportunity to go and do missions and then come back home. Uh, We are not being good partners if that's all we do. Um, Matter of fact, when we show up out there, do you think we're solving all problems or are we causing some too? Yeah, a little bit of both. You hope that the group that you take out there provides way more positive than they do negative. It's the way that it's supposed to work. But the truth is, it it can be rough, even on them. So, for instance, one commitment that I've made is to the pastor and his wife. As a pastor at Highland, I'm going to commit to the pastor and his wife that the Lord has, one, told me that I'm going to pray for them every day, specifically for them every day. Two, once in a while, I'm going to send him a $50 gift card so that he can take his wife and they can go out and eat. My wife has his wife's phone number. She's going to make herself available, try to make a connection in that relationship so that if, if she gets frustrated, and I'm hoping that it turns into one of those relationships that if my wife gets frustrated, these two women, they're about the same. They're Well, they're, she's a little younger than Diana, but I mean, that... So far apart that it would be uh, impossible for them to be able to connect. And Diana would be a great mentor for her, to be honest with you. And it kind of broke my heart when we was watching, because I was watching her too. I wanted to see how she was, because new, new scenario, these two churches have merged together. He was the pastor of one of those churches. I, I could imagine she probably feels, to say the very least, a little bit out of place. And I noticed after church that she pretty much separated herself from people. So a lot of people, we don't, we just don't think about the fact that, you know, we go out there on a mission <laughs> trip, we help them, we leave with with a sense of, of we helped them when the truth is they've got 51 more weeks to get through and uh, chances are those 51 weeks are going to be rough and some of them are going to be rougher than others. So for us as as church members, we, you go out there in July of 2023 and you connect with somebody, you get that person's phone number and you text them regularly. Hey, how you doing? He was on my mind just thinking about you. How does it make you feel when you get one of those from me? How does it feel when you get one of those from someone else? It's no different when they get one from us. They need encouragement, and for us to commit means that we are the ones that are putting ourselves in the position of saying that we're going to commit and we're going to help with church with churches in that area. That's what the that's what the commitment is. Five years. What are you willing to give up to to uh, for the mission? What are you willing to give up for the mission? This is the way that I've approached it. Is there something in my life that's really not that good for me that I've been doing my best for a while to kind of cut back on? And then I'm going to set that money aside and I'm going to use that for I'm going to use that for mission trip money. How far did the Apostle Paul say that he would go for his brethren to come to know Christ? He said he would give his own salvation up if it meant that the brethren would come to know Jesus. He'd walk away from it. How big of a level of commitment is that? When was the last time you cried for a lost person? I can tell you up until not too long ago, it had been a long time for me. You say, well, I've never cried, cried for a lost person. Why? you know the hell they're living in. Because you lived there. None of us are entitled brats who escaped that life Till we met Christ. Then we find a place that is more lost than the Garden of Eden. And the question is, does God want us to commit? Because if we do, we do all in. Doesn't mean we're going to blow money. Doesn't mean we're going to spend a bunch of money we don't have. But it does mean that the level of commitment from this church has to be top shelf. Because one of the worst things that I've been told that a church can possibly do is commit than underperform. Everybody gets a week to pray about this. We'll actually call a special vote next Sunday morning. If this is something that we as a church want to commit to. Then we can actually start prepping for a trip in July of 2023. Any other questions? I must have give you guys all the information. Either that or your bellies are growling. Do me a favor. as. as uh, Zach, he's going to play through one verse of a song, and here's what I want you to do. It's not even about Montana. It's not about Parkview. It's not about the Hillsboro community. It's really, when it comes down to it, it's about your relationship with Jesus. And we should be individuals who desire to align ourselves with him when it comes to his wanting to seek and save the lost. And I've heard the I've heard people not from Highland, but I've heard people years past actually ask me those questions. Well, why there? Why we've got a lot to do here? Why can't we do it all? Why do we have to pick one or two ways to glorify Jesus when the fact is we can actually? Envision the church to be that in everything that it does. And this, the commitment's part of that. Again, Montana's the prayer. I want you to pray for Montana and pray over Montana. Because if God doesn't want us to go to Montana, He wants us to go somewhere. And it's somewhere around Montana. Because I don't think He would have made me go out there and made me uncomfortable if 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 there wasn't somewhere out there He wants us to serve. But next week... We'll be voting on whether or not Bozeman, Montana is the place that we will invest the next five years, beginning in 2023. So I want you to close your eyes, bow your heads, and I just want you to take one one verse of this song. Spend time thinking about, we all get here. I mean, we, we all get in this place where the gospel was more a part of our life at some point. It becomes less believe wholeheartedly that this is what the Lord wants us to do because in every case that this church, now I'm not saying Bozeman but I'm saying being missional, being mission minded is what the Lord wants us to do and what he wants us to be because as long as a church focuses inward it'll always find maintenance issues inside growing churches and churches that are making differences are the churches that are facing out The ones that are looking at the lost people and trying to help us to find ways to reach them. During this one verse, I want you to just think about this one question. When's the last time you cried for a lost person? Thanks again for listening. If you have questions about becoming a Christian, discipleship, or if you have prayer requests, you can visit us at facebook.com slash Highland Southern BC. Have a blessed week, and go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Highland Gospel Mission was produced by Zach Link, with preaching by Keith Parent. Music provided by Pixabay under Creative Commons.